This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yes! What is up, everybody? And welcome to an emergency podcast of Kago Lasso. Because the U.S. men's national team roster for this upcoming window of the international break, where they're going to play Mexico at home and Jamaica away, has just been released. And Heath Pierce and I, Jimmy Conrad, of course, are here with you to break it all down. The Kegelasso pod starts right now. Okay, welcome back. I know, super high energy. But I'm excited about this one, Heath Pierce. The roster has been dropped. 25 names. Three of them are goalkeepers, so 22 field players. The biggest, I'd say, Mark, so that John Anthony Brooks is not in the team. He's already put out a statement basically suggesting why he's not there. We'll get into that in a second. Christian Pulisic is back in the team. Do you start him, even though he's coming back from injury? Big question marks there. Jesus Ferreira coming out of nowhere. Joe Scally, he felt like he deserved a chance before, based on his form with Bruce Schumacher-Gladbach, is now in the team. Serginho Dest is out due to injury. What are your thoughts about this roster, Heath? Enlighten us. Oh, man, I got a lot of thoughts. How much time do we have, you know? Uh, in 20 the, minutes. Yeah. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll, I, I can, I can give a few thoughts with, within that time period. <laughs> I'm excited about this. I think Joe Scally was one that you and I have both been just preaching about since before the last camp as a disappointment for him to not be in Greg Berhalter addressed that. I thought he might address it in the same way. Now that we're seeing, he's talking about cohesion and their roster getting smaller. This is the challenge by the way. And I just want to point out that we've talked about this before. There's going to be a number of these players that are uh, uh, important parts of this team that will not be on the World Cup squad, right? And then mm-hmm. when you add the fact, Joe Scally, what's he, 18 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus Ferreira, 18 years old. The way that a player can grow in the next 12 months leading into the World Cup could mean that a number of these players, and this is g- going to be a challenge for Greg Berhalter because of the depth. We talk about the excitement of the depth and how many players we have come through. This isn't the golden generation. We have more players coming down the pipeline that are teenagers coming out of academies or playing in Europe right now. We know that we're really excited about that. Sonogo being another player called up to the U S U uh, 20 team as a, as a potential player, Florian Belogan. These are all guys that are going to have to fit into this roster at some point. If they decide to play, if they're in form, if they start playing first team level football. So this is a good problem to have. It's a problem for Greg Berhalter though, right? You don't want to bring in too many players to, to see how they fit into the national team. However, Joe Scally made it impossible to not bring him in. Mm-hmm. And now with a goal and assist in the Bundesliga, played the most minutes of any of our players in, in the top five leagues. He's, he can play on the left side and the right side. It's just a, a shoe-in in terms of, of, of why he should be in the team. Now, you look at that and you go, well, he's still only got you know a few professional games uh, to his name. Is he ready? I say yes, or you don't bring him in. Uh, that's the first one on top, of my, on top of my list. Sam Vines, who had a broken collarbone or something like that, had missed some of the games early on for, for Royal Antwerp. He's being brought back in. I really like his style of play. Would love to see, again, I, I always go back to the Brendan Aronson whenever these rosters come out, a new player comes in. Of I'd love to see the, them round the corner of the player that we know has a lot of potential to the player that they're starting to become. Brendan Aronson is the perfect example of that, of people uh, saying, I would yeah. say Anthony, Anthony Robinson's in that category as well. Yeah, I agree. You know, they go they get into their situation. Anthony Robinson obviously spent most of his, his, his um, 
his uh, youth career in in where was it at at um, um, Everton, right? And and so he he wasn't. We're talking about Anthony Robinson, right? Not Miles Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's um, right, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. And so he gets into a situation now where he's playing uh, championship level football week in and week out. You see them around the corner in terms of being. One, more consistent and more clear as to what their role is within the national team. But you see them take the next step. When Brendan Aronson left, most of the concern was around, yeah, but he's small. He's a little frail. Can he keep up to the pace? To be honest with you, he he must have grown as well because he looks big on the field, much bigger than I remember him. Uh, But this is one, again, for for Sam Vines. This is one, again, for Joe Scally. Uh, this This is, again, for Chris Richards. Seeing them go back to their environments, improve, Use the national team as a validator. Jesus Ferreira as well. I'd love to see what he does. Uh, Ricardo Pepe and his next moves. I know I'm kind of all over the place with this, but yeah. I'm excited about these young players and the challenge that Greg Berhalter is going to have as we're going to continue to have an 18-year-old come into the team every every camp or two and another one emerging, knocking on the door of first-team football, making a case for themselves to be included in this national team. And we also have a very special 2005 class as well of kids that are coming up that are 16 now. It's pretty ridiculous that the talent yeah. pool that's coming up, and I'm very excited about it as well. But focusing on this team in particular, what I like about the names that you're mentioning, Sam Vines is playing well for Royal Antwerp. Joe Scally is playing well for Bruce and Munch and Gladbach. Anthony Robinson is playing well for Fulham. And for maybe the first time, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt like form mattered for your club. When you played an MLS, right? When you played an MLS, form mattered. If you weren't playing well for your MLS club, you definitely most likely we're not getting called into the national team. And if you played in Europe, well, it's because you play in Europe, you're getting called in no matter what. And that's changed with, with John Anthony Brooks, not playing well with Matthew Hoppy, not getting minutes and not playing well with, with Pifok coming off the bench, Sargent not doing well with Norwich per se, even though we could argue his team isn't very good. That doesn't guarantee just because you play in the premier league or the Bundesliga or in the champions league that you're going to automatically get called in. And I absolutely love that. And I have plenty of time for it. Because that is an important part of our evolution as a national team. You have to be playing well currently for your club to get called in. Now, there are a few exceptions. I look at Christian Pulisic. But when he's playing, he usually does play well for his club. I know he's coming off an injury. You want to get him back around the group. But I love that that shift is starting to happen because I think it's very important. Not only for the players that are currently in the pool, but the players that are watching. That 2005 class that I'm talking about. That you don't always have to go to Europe to get into the national team. If you're playing well for your club domestically as well, you have a chance to get a look. And if you get a look, you got to make the most of that opportunity. Now, is World Cup qualifying the place to try that? Eh, I don't know. It seems a little sketch, especially we got Mexico in this particular qualifying yeah. window. But I also love the fearlessness of Greg just saying, no, this is who I'm going with. And, yeah. and, and I wonder, for him at least, as a man manager, how you communicate that to those players that are now being let down that were once featured maybe even over the summer in a really influential way that aren't even being part of the process this time. I look yeah. at James Sands as an option. Uh, P-Folk would be another one where they probably thought they were part of the core of the team in some capacity. And now they're not even in, I mean, people don't even really talk about them anymore. That's gotta be hard for those individual players. So how do you keep them somewhat motivated that they're still a part of the process, even though their time isn't right now? That's, that's a big challenge, but I love this team. Let's take a look at the lines. I'm curious about, uh, so goalkeepers wide open. I'm curious about whether you think we're going to play a back three or back four against Mexico. We'll start with them first, just to kind of get into a little bit of preview. I love the midfield because we'll do a special preview ahead of Mexico as we know more and who's going to start and we get more insight from some of the players that are in and the coaching staff. But I think that MMA, which is Musa, McKinney, and Adams, has to be your midfield. 
Do you start Pulisic? Do you bring him off the bench? Lots of questions. I need some answers. Give me a few of them, Heath. And Jimmy, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get to this, but I, I don't want to forget this while we're on this because I want to talk about uh, Jesus Ferreira um, and I want to get I want to give my take on him. Obviously, we'll talk about the lineup first, but I want to I want to hear about your biggest surprise in this or somebody that you think was left out of this roster and and that sort of thing. Um, but but with regard to this, this back line, if we're looking at that, I, the goalkeeper position again, wide open, I think we're going to play with a back four. I, I do like the idea of having when you have the right personnel of being able to go from a three to a four, when you need to that fluidity, I think is one, uh, a willingness to show that, Hey, we're going to take a chance tactically here. Let's play with a back three and Mark McKenzie, by the way, the only one in, in, in the team that hasn't had a consistent run of games, obviously has been a road warrior for this, this national team or playing in the, the most difficult of matchups, getting results usually coming from behind. But when I look at this, this back line, uh, I don't know how you get to, uh, a consistent three. Obviously, Chris Richards in there. Mark McKenzie has a shout. Walker Zimmerman, I think, would be good in that that middle point. But when you look at Miles Robinson, Walker Zimmerman, uh, I'm seeing a a a back two, right? Uh, a center mm. a center back two, mm. not a back two, not a full back two. But I, I'd like to see that a little bit more consistently there. Joe Scally, I think, slots in on that that right. I'd like to see Joe Scally again. I'm in the firm belief that if you're going to bring him in, they're good enough to be there. If you get that feeling that he should be the one. I think it's a better option than than um, DeAndre Yedlin at that point. You have no Serginho Dest. So you are probably going to have to rely on him. I don't want DeAndre Yedlin against Mexico. Um, that that that's I don't mind him coming in late in the game. I think he's learned his lesson of shutting off earlier on in qualifying. I think he, he could do the job and know that it's a defense-first type of situation now, especially mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. Mexico. But at Joe Scali, I'm like, you know what? If he doesn't work, you can always sub him at halftime. I don't think he's going to be up for a huge mistake or a huge error on the international stage. Having said that, it's Mexico. And there is nothing, as you know, we've talked about this CONCACAF of what it was like for the team in the Gold Cup, what it was like for the team in the Nations League, what it was like to go and play their first away qualifier. You cannot simulate those or replicate those at Gladbach. Gladbach has an incredible atmosphere at their stadium, but you can't simulate uh, CONCACAF. So that's one that I'm wondering, a little bit of a question mark there for me that may lead to playing with a back three, Jimmy. Um, what's your take on that On that, On that? that back line? Yeah, it's it's a it's a good question. I would say my biggest surprise is to go there quickly. Jesus Ferreira being included, even though he's been very good this last month, last four games for FC Dallas, just super influential. He's got eight goals and seven assists so far on the season, two goals in his last three games. I like him in there. Two goals in two national team appearances. Even though it wasn't the best competition, Mexico is going to be a little bit different. But I like him in there, and I think he's going to have a nice rapport with Ricardo Pepe if they get to share the field at any point over these two games. Now, I'm looking back at the Nations League final between Mexico, where we kind of had our full slate of options. And we had Zach Steffen in goal for that one. Mark McKenzie, John Anthony Brooks, and Tim Ream is our back three with our two wing backs of Yedlin and Dest on the left side. I could potentially see that again, but that means you got to lose one of MMA. And I probably, I bet you Musa would have to sit. And then you'd have Adams sitting in front of that back three and McKinney kind of doing a little bit more of the box to box and roaming around that central midfield. I don't like that. I don't like it. I, I don't I, like it. what you're saying. I don't like it. I, but but I, I could see, honestly, you look at Reggie Cannon, who got called back in, who I like. He's steady. DeAndre Yedlin has the most experience of any player out here. And then and then you have Joe Scally, who I don't think will start against Mexico. I think he'll start against Jamaica. That's my my humble opinion. I don't know if you roll him out for that. Even though he had his first Bundesliga taste against Bayern Munich and held his own, I guess I guess you could use that and reference that. But the kid's yeah, 18. It's, I don't know. It's tough. Different. Mexico's, I, Mexico's Mexico different. and that atmosphere it, and the pressure. I get it. I agree with than, you. So I don't think a you young play guy him. getting a chance. Yeah. But you could have you could have a back line of Chris Richards, 
Miles Robinson and Mark McKenzie. You could have Zimmerman in the middle of that and and Robinson, Miles Robinson on one side and McKenzie on the other. Or or Anthony Robinson would probably be the other wing back instead of Des. Yedlin on one side, McKinney and Adams, and then you have your front three of whoever you choose. But but did it work to great effect against Mexico in that game? Mexico plays a back three. They're super familiar with it. They know how to defend it. They know how to play in it. I don't necessarily think it unlocks them in any particular Chris way. Chris Richards has spent a decent amount of time in a back three. That's true. Chris Hoffenheim. Richards as well. So so we could do a back three. And I think that that might make you a little bit upset, but that makes it go toe-to-toe with Tata Martino in Mexico. I don't know. We're going to get into this game, especially as we start to get more insight, as I mentioned. But but I wanted to tiptoe into it a little bit because it's so intriguing. And I want yeah. to get in. I'm just like, it's my raw emotion yeah. about it. What? So who are the big surprises or snubs for you? Obviously, for me, John Anthony Brooks is the big snub. What? Yeah, John Anthony Brooks is 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 a big snub. What was what was the 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 messaging he put out? Um, he basically you know? came out and said that he knows he hasn't been playing well for his club. He he respects the decision that he's not playing well enough to represent his country. And I'm paraphrasing, but but that was yeah. I do I do like the fact that again, go back to your point a few minutes ago, Jimmy, where you talked about if you're playing in in, in your your club team or you're not playing, it's no longer good enough that you're in a team that's in a big league or you've got potential. I like the precedent this sets because not only was John Anthony Brooks not good for his club team, but he wasn't good for the national team the last time he came in as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I think that sets a really good precedent that no one's above the law. I think that creates cohesion in the team. You remember before it was like the national teams, even back then, there was still at least the guys that were always going to get the call in, the guys that were most important. And this adds another layer of form-based, right? Okay, mm-hmm. you're playing. Yeah, you're the most experienced. Yeah, you've played in a World Cup. We need that on the team. But also, you're not in good form. And therefore, it's easier to actually not bring you in than to bring you in and not play you or have that mm-hmm, complication mm-hmm. a night before, a couple nights before the game of like, yeah, but is it right to put John Anthony Brooks on the bench? I don't know. Is this the right decision? And so I respect Greg for for making that decision because now you're relying heavily on a bunch of guys who don't have as much experience. Right, and so right, right. That's, a, that's a big shock for me. Again, uh, I think Daryl DK or Jordan Pifok, Daryl DK more deserving because of his playing time and the goals that he's scoring and the way in which that he, he can score. Uh, Pifok less so, but again, I think that he's sort of been hard done by the fact that the emergence of Ricardo Pepe and, and other options in the national team right now. Because when I look at this front line, not to skip up to that front line, but we've got Brendan Aronson, which we're considering a forward, Paul Areola, and then you got Jesus Ferrer as a false nine, Christian Pulisic, not a, not a nine, Tim Weah, not a nine. You've really got just Ricardo Pepe as a nine. You know, and now you can maybe uh-huh. throw one of them up together if you played with the back three or you wanted to move two together. But I just don't I, there's not really other forward options other than those guys mostly being wingers. So you've brought some depth on the wings, but I just don't see where you where you can add them. If you don't have Ricardo Pepe or Ricardo Pepe's not working out, who's the next one you're going to put in that position? Yeah, I guess one of the ones that I maybe now that I look at the roster one more time, Paul Ariola being in the team. I do think that Greg has a couple favorites, Legette. Ariola Acosta definitely fall into that category. And, he didn't and bring Zardes at least. He didn't bring Zardes on this. No, one. but Zardes is hurt, from what I yeah. understand. So maybe yeah. he would have. Okay. But but to your point about bringing another number nine, you could have. You could have brought in a Matthew. You should, I there. think he should have brought uh, okay. in another. That's number fair. Nine. That's and fair. that's and, that, and that's where I think you get to use that one card of like maybe Hoppy's not playing. He's not scoring, but you could potentially use him in that. Or even again, Daryl DK, where. Yeah, I don't see where he fits. I haven't been that impressed with him at the national team level where you go, yeah, but who else do you have at that point? So you might right. as well have cover. Sorry. No, no, 100%. I agree with you. Matthew Hoppy didn't really play much in the last qualifying window. So I don't know 
what's happening behind the scenes there. He's not playing much at the club either. No, he's not. And so, you know, confidence makes a difference in how you're feeling about yourself. And he's definitely a a confidence player and and confident in himself. So that would be, to your point, why you might want to bring him in because he still has that spark that could change a game. He, He has that belief in himself that he can go out and make a difference, even if he gets five minutes or if he plays 90 or whatever it may be. So I like that about him. And I think we that's why we all like about him. Ariola though, is scrappy. You know, and I mean that as a term of endearment. He, he, I, I was scrappy too, so I, I know it when I see it. And he's just kind of a pest. You don't really, ah, he's going to run, he's going to chase everything down, you know, and you're like, God, did this guy ever stop? So I think there's value in trying to balance your team of having him in, but I do think that was a good opportunity to maybe bring in another number nine to your point. Yeah. I think that, I think the, the midfield is set unless we play a back three. Well- let me ask you this so, real quick outside of that midfield, Jimmy. De La Torre, what, 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 did you, what did Greg see or not see in him in the last camp that didn't warrant a second call-up? Because I saw the, the few minutes he gets, he looks clean, he looks confident. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Obviously, there may not be a room for him to, to play in this, this camp. But again, looking at him as a player, that, like, what, do you think, you know, what, what did he see within the training sessions or something? Because it's not like he got the minutes to be able to play himself in or out of this one. Well, yeah, when I see Roldan and Acosta and Legette, in the team, obviously, guys you can rely on no matter what. Mm-hmm. I think they probably have good attitudes. I'm not saying that De La Torre has a bad attitude. I'd be really surprised if he went in there and was like, I'm not playing. I'm going to be a baby. I don't want to be yeah. here anymore. That I don't see that for any of our players. But I do think there's some value of having some older guys that have been around, that have seen some things, have gone through the ups and downs of both the club and country. I've seen some and, things, man. I've seen Yeah, some but you, if we're starting, we have an average age of this group of 23 years and 353 days or something crazy. Yeah. And you need a couple guys out there that can pull aside a young guy, put their arm around him, whether they're starting or not, and give them some insight. Be almost an extension of the coaching staff that maybe when you receive that information from a player, it's different than hearing it from a coach. And I think there is some value. And that's why I thought maybe John Anthony Brooks would be a good guy to bring in. If you're not going to start him, he could still be a guy that, but maybe he's not, maybe that's not his style of leadership. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack about the job. Jimmy, let me, let me throw, let me throw a fun fact in here for the group, for, for, for everybody that's listening or watching this. Uh, And this is, this, this plays to the fact of this journey that this national team is on. And I know we're spoiled at the moment, but with a total of 33 players having earned a cap during this qualifying campaign, a whopping 25 are, have gotten their first appearance uh, of experience uh, Mm -hmm, is, and and so they're beginning to develop in this group, 20 players, Carry over yeah. from the uh, October team. Tyler Adams and Brent Aronson have played in every single one. And so it just shows you that 25 have gotten, 25 players have gotten their first appearance uh, in this qualifying. Like that is, it shows you again, the one, how young this team is, but two, the importance of the development of this window, right? And, and, and the growth of this window. And again, I still go back to the fact that I still think some main contributors here will not make the final roster. Obviously, 23, only 23 go to a World Cup. So some of them won't anyway, but you know, you're just seeing the sort of evolution of this team go from inexperience to yeah, experience. So overall, what would, what grade would you give this roster knowing what players were out there? You know, I don't know, a through F zero through 10, whatever grade you want. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I think this is a B B plus. I think, the only reason I don't give it an A is is not having depth at the striker position. You're putting a lot of pressure at that point on Ricardo Pepe or, you know, again, having a false nine or or maybe it's a Timo Weah or somebody like that that's going to be able to put it go into that position. But if Ricardo Pepe goes down or he gets hurt or you don't have the options, I'm a little bit worried about the depth in that position of somebody who can just even hold the ball or scrap for the ball or do the dirty work that you need as a traditional number nine. I'm not saying other players can't do that 
in a bind, but I, that's the only reason I don't go from a B plus to, to an A. What about you? Yeah, I'm right around the same area, like a strong B, B plus. I think Joe Scali coming in was huge and mandatory at this point, given how he's been playing. I'm a little surprised John Anthony Brooks isn't there, but I'm also pleasantly surprised that we have the depth to manage that. If a European player isn't playing well, even if he's in the top five league and playing in the Champions League, doesn't matter. You still got to be performing for your club. So I love that part of it and the ambition and the evolution of where our program is that we have that capability. So I like that, right? Some intangibles with regard to the group. Overall, though, Conrad De La Fuente probably deserved some kind of mention. You know, it's not like he uh, is... is uh, I mean, he's not playing much for Marseille, but when he comes on, he does he's make it. Playing, he's playing. He's just not, you know, he's playing that super sub role, which could be right, good. Right. I mean, it's not I know. Like well, that's why we could use him potentially. Yeah. So, for all the people that are screaming about Ariola being in the team, maybe Conrad would be uh, your choice. So, there may be some different options, but to your point, yeah, I don't think it's an A unless you 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 brought another number nine. And yeah, no, uh, no, not, easy no, no, pass no, no, no easy pass from us. Yeah, you know, no not- desk, no Gio Reyna. Obviously, some injuries kind of impact this as well. But I, yeah, I go with a strong B, B plus, And obviously, now the players have to perform. So let, let me I'm ask excited you this. About it. You, you, uh, you, uh, match, match day, whatever. You, uh, Reggie Cannon, or, or are you going with, uh, DeAndre Yedlin? I'll probably go with the Yedlin, to be honest. If, if, if it depends, though, for playing wing back, Yedlin, no problem. But if we're back four, that's where I think his vulnerabilities can be exposed at times. That that back post um, awareness as well, just when the ball's on the other side, is he in a good starting position to make plays? Always been a little bit of his Achilles heel. He's tremendous going forward. And his, and I just feel like he's gotten much, much better since uh, the last five, six years. He's just gotten and seen and gone up against some of the best players in the world. What about yeah. you? Um yeah, I think I, I it's tough, dude, because I, I look at them as players. It, it's truly like, uh, you know, a, a balance between the two of them. I would agree in a, in a back three, you know, you know, he's going to do in the work. But I think Reggie Cannon could do the work up he and can, back as well. Can. But in the back four, I think Reggie Cannon just has a little bit more of that defense first mentality of staying tuned in. But, you know, and, and I think he has a chip on his shoulder having not been in the last couple mm-hmm, of camps. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I think there's something for him to earn there. Hopefully he harnesses that in in the right way. Jimmy, my, my last question to you, and I know we're going to get into all this because this is this is like uh, you know Christmas for us going into these windows. Um, who's the one player on this roster that has the most to, pr- to prove to you? Wow, that's a great question. Uh, I guess let me still- frame it, let me frame it better for you because I know you got to jump soon. Uh, what's which one has the most to prove to stay in this team or to prove this- something to the club? Not so much uh, you know prove to you something uh, to stay in the team in terms of the starting team. I think Brendan Aronson is still in that conversation because when Pulisic is healthy and Gio Reyna comes back into the team, is he going to be a starter? And Tyler Adams are the only two that have played every one of these. I get it. I get it. I get it. So he would be in that conversation. Ricardo Pepe, obviously you still got to be influential. You don't have to be scoring or getting assists every time, but are you creating space for others to do that business instead? Very important. Joe Scali, I think big opportunity for him. His first time into camp with the senior team to, to make something happen. But you know what, Heath? I'm cutting it right here. We're saving no. all this other good hey, stuff. I'm saying Yunus Musa, by the way. Preview. I'm saying Yunus Musa. Yunus Musa for shot. me, again, needs to, needs to continue to get consistent minutes, but again, has to show that consistency in this national team. Or you start to look at, uh, can we put uh, Gio Reyna in there when he's healthy? Can Brendan Aronson slip into the There's middle? So but anyway, we've got so, so much questions. more to talk about another time. I'll leave it there. Yes, no, that's great. We're going to leave it there. We have a lot of stuff coming up for you guys. The goods ahead of all of these games for the U.S. Men's National Team. Me and Heath with you throughout the whole journey. We're excited for this. Not only emergency pod that we're doing around the roster reaction, but also for all the games, the previews, the reviews, and everything else that's cooking around the U.S. Men's National Team. We appreciate your support. Make sure you follow us on the Twitters. Give us a subscribe on the YouTubes. 
and continue to support us in every platform that you listen to on the podcast platforms. And we'll see you very soon. Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, one yes. more thing for everybody. Oh my God, this is a hey, special we, bonus. Go ahead. Yeah, no, wait, listen, don't forget, we also have the U.S. Men's National Team Hour every single That's right. Monday, 5.15 p.m. Eastern oh Time, 2.15 p.m. Western time. Look what we uh, do for you. We're getting you. more and more time. We're more getting more and more time to talk about the beautiful game yeah. of the U.S. men's national team. And we're doing it for you. So keep those likes and subscribes and all the positive comments coming so we can keep giving you more and more of the good stuff. I'm Jimmy Conrad alongside Heath Pierce. Thanks for listening, everybody. Later. 